0: Hello and welcome. Today we've got Megan Walsh, um, the uh, the daughter of John Walsh, Walsh, who is the host for 25 years of America's Most Wanted. We have um, the lawyer, Hollis Mandel, and we've got her um, her team, a legal team, Christy Tasker. And today we are going to be discussing how her four, Megan's four children were taken away, we believe illegally, Um, by CPS, which we're going to go into. There's three cases, three trials that are, um, you know, currently going right now. Now, just before we begin, um, you can subscribe to our Telegram channels and to nicolasfanyarmin.com for my free email updates. And if you're watching this for the first time on YouTube, I will leave the link below in the description for the full interview. Unless, of course, myself and the guests can choose our words wisely due to the insane censorship that's happening right now. Megan Walsh and Hollis and Christy, thank you for joining me, all of you. Um, How are you and what have you been up to? We'll go with Megan first.
1: Uh, Thanks for having me back, Nicholas. It's nice to see you. And thank you, everyone, for joining in and, and giving us your time today. Um, You know, of course, we are still in the fight and it's getting uh, down to the wire here and more has happened. So um, we're very thankful to be able to be here and give updates and, and just let people know what's going on, not only with my case, but as we see this happening across the country and even globe.
0: Absolutely. It's an absolute disaster with what's going on. I'm very, very sorry to hear that. I shared a video of the sheriffs outside talking to you from from the window I, I shared that penny la Shepherd sent it to me and I shared it on telegram um, as and, and I shared it everywhere as much as I can to get the word out there it's absolutely terrible with what's going on so um you know I'm you know I'm really really feel terrible about what's going on um so we've got Hollis here who is your lawyer um, and we've got um, Christy now, why don't I sit back and you can, Christy? If you can pull up the presentation and you can explain to me for the first time with the viewers with everything that's gone on, and um, we can then go ahead with some questions and answers. How does that sound?
1: Great, Christy.
0: Christy, are you there? Christy, is uh, you're on mute. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, sorry about that, Nicholas. Um, I was trying to pull up the presentation. I'm having a little bit of difficulty right now. So I w- would like Megan to go into talking a little bit about her background. And as she's talking about her background, I'm going to pull up some of the photographs and um, information that she's discussing as she goes through um, with the background. Um, she's gonna tell you, you know, all about her parents and um, you know, her life and how it kind of started out. Um, and the restraining orders um, that her parents, you know, have even filed against each other, um, because it's it's really quite alarming when you start to read the allegations that are up against Megan. Um, as a mother, I was absolutely in tears, um, crying when I read the allegations, um, because it could be any of us here in America or abroad. Um, so Megan's story, even though she's been in the spotlight with presidents and Um, very high fluential people, you know, for her to even stand up against these people is a really big deal. And um, we know a lot, you know, that's gone on. We really need to make sure that we are, you know, just paying attention to what she's saying here today, Nicholas, um, that is super important. And while while she's speaking, I'm going to be trying to bring up the presentation, Megan.
0: Absolutely. I just want to let Megan know that when you do explaining this, please do explain it in a manner where, you know, people um, who are watching for the first time will understand from the beginning with your position and where we're going to go with this. And and of course, we need this out there. We want to expose this and we want to bring these, um, you know, these corrupt people right down and restore humanity. So please, Megan, thank you.
1: Thank you, Nicholas. And, and, you know, for everyone watching, you know, it is a lot I I understand what we're saying and what we're laying on the on the people here and, and it is a lot so of course I'm going to do the best that I can uh, to to start from the beginning but not take up too much time, of course. Um, You know, obviously, again, people know me from being the daughter of John Walsh, who was the host of a show called America's Most Wanted here in the U.S. It was actually um, a copy of a show called Crime Watch UK that started in the U.K. uh, before America's Most Wanted did um and you know people saw me like christy said with you know presidents on capitol hill um you know just a couple months old in the rose garden with reagan and and then thereafter many times with him and other presidents uh, on capitol hill lobbying for legislation um, and then, you know, obviously in media and Hollywood and even music and fashion when I went on to do my own work uh, later in life in college and, and thereafter. So, you know, everyone did see this life of mine and this lifestyle that we see with a lot of celebrities and their children. And unfortunately, uh, you know, that wasn't exactly the reality of the situation behind closed doors. You know, we're seeing a lot of an issue of public persona versus, you know, private lives. And, uh, you know, there were good times. Uh, I'm very, very hurt by what my parents have decided to do and, and the way that they have decided to handle this. But, um, you know, the truth of the matter still stands. And that was a big thing here was me starting to speak out about uh, the abuse and and things that were going on and how it was affecting my children and my family now. Um, so, you know, if people go back, they know my brother and, and my father, uh, mainly from my brother, which is Adam Walsh, the little boy that was kidnapped uh, from the Sears department store in Hollywood, Florida in 1981. Uh, and then, uh, my father went on to, again, do the shows and, and things like that. Uh, but, you know, people don't really look at what was going on at the time within my parents and and what happened from there, what trauma can do, like losing a child to, to parents, what that can uh, do to them. And the fact that my parents never sought therapy um, for themselves, You know, um, you know, they thought they sought therapy later for all of us. They shot me since I was eight, but they never really truly got therapy and help for themselves. They were thrust into the limelight. They were thrust into, you know, this make it so that he didn't die in vain kind of a thing and, and get on TV and and make this message and platform. Uh, so, So that's what I think people don't really realize there. There was a lot of infidelity uh, that was even put out to the public years ago with my father's cover on the Globe. Uh, They were in a divorce proceeding for over 10 years uh, where they even had restraining orders involved in that. Um, you know, my dad has gone to rehab for alcoholism. So, you know, I'm I'm just trying to give everyone an idea of, you know, what really went on. And these are real issues that that you know many of us face. But in in celebrity families, this is very uh, very prevalent, unfortunately. Um, and in mine, it was at least, and I know others that that it is. So. I can humbly speak to that. Um, You know, as I got older and whatnot, my parents were very controlling. Again, never getting help for losing a child, they were very controlling. Uh, when I was young, that was understandable. We were young. They had lost a child. But as I got older, it became very high dialect, if you will, problem, reaction, solution. Um, I loved my parents. I felt that, you know, I was very blessed to have a wealthy family uh, that supported me in my times of trouble or with uh, different individuals like the fathers of my children and things like that. I thought that that's what family did, and I was very blessed to have one that had means to do so. Um, and, and again, that's another reason why I'm very hurt because of the level of trust being broken here. And I mean, not to mention everything else, um, that's horrifically happening, but really to focus on the level of trust, like taking my home, like Christy mentioned, um, you know, they've taken my home in this, they, they Uh, served me with a family court case lawsuit. Then, you know, a week later, they filed to take my home and then, you know, two weeks later so took my children. Then a month later had me falsely arrested and then the trial for my children. So uh, not to skip around, but that's how it's kind of, you know, uh, cascaded, if you will, um, up to the current. So growing up, they were very controlling. I would be threatened that you know, if I, uh, you know, didn't do what they wanted, uh, there would be certain circumstances, things would be taken away. And, and I was dependent on that. Um, at a certain point, it got too much when I started seeing it affect my, my daughter and, and my family. And, and I had a therapist at the time. I'm actually a trained therapist uh, as well, certified um, and specializing in trauma uh, due to my experiences and wanting to help others. Uh, you know before all of this i was working and developing a family community learning farm uh, for the community we were doing story time and music together classes for the children i had chickens and goats and hens and and we were making bread together things like that um, i was also in school for functional nutrition so i i believe in integrative health uh, and functional nutrition i think it's an amazing thing that people should really start learning about for their own health and their own benefits, especially for their family. And that's something that I practice uh, within my family as well. Um and out in the community, we were at church and and having play dates and having people in, you know, to the farm providing a space during a pandemic where people were stuck in their homes and, and experiencing hardships. And we I was actually able to provide, you know, a space and come together with other colleagues, uh, women I had known from high school and and things like that um, prior to all of a sudden this happening, um, in our lives. So, you know, April 1st really changed things and, and due to that controlling nature that I had always grown up with, I started, uh, you know, saying, and we've talked about this on prior shows, Nicholas, that, you know, kind of assault on Thanksgiving. And, um, you know, I went up to my parents' home for Thanksgiving, um, and and I believe it was Thanksgiving 2020. And, uh, they, started this whole script and saying that I, you know, was crazy and I needed help. And and I said, I don't consent to this. Um, and my mother proceeded uh, you know after I went to get the phone she proceeded to um, pull me by my hair with my baby in my arms she bloodied my nose where actually for the audience that isn't aware I am healing basal cell carcinoma with Rick Simpson oil it is a natural um, prescription and approved uh, treatment for uh, basal cell as a natural treatment for it um, that has also been used against me uh, in allegations um, So I, you know, I was doing that. I was living a different lifestyle. They, you know, my mother started attacking me when I took the phone. Uh, She pulled my hair, bloodied my face and continued to bite me uh, on my arm with my baby again in my arms uh, while they were then holding my daughter hostage and telling me I could leave with my two boys if I left my daughter, which seemed to be a theme. They really target my daughter and uh and really have used her even in this case and with her father. He's he's very much a part of this case and part of this uh injury being done to our family. And from the perspective of my children, that's all I can think about, Nicholas. And you know, I can't uh, what what they're being put through, never mind me and, and all of us fighting, but you know, what they're being put through is just Absolutely.
0: ungodly. So what do you think the core reason is? Why, can you explain to the viewers why do you believe that your parents are doing this? Why are they being so malicious? I mean, they are the grandparents to these wonderful little children and they are removing them, taking them away from their mother. So what is it? Why are they saying that you're crazy? What's their agenda? What are they afraid of? That they have to gaslight and say you're crazy to do that to you,
1: well, Nicholas, I think that there's multiple reasons. Unfortunately, um, I wish it was that simple to just give you one answer, but uh, you know, I think this has a lot to do with what they have a track record. We're finding out, unfortunately, of doing is retaliating to. Uh, make up for you know anyone that knows any truth or or speaking out about the reality of who they are or who they were when Adam was alive, um, who they are now and their reputation. That's very important to them, especially with the work that my father does and and the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. Um, I also think that it has to do with me speaking out about that from my own experience and abuse. Um, with them, but also mainly cutting them off. I was at the advice of my therapist at the time. I had gone no contact. Um, that's what we know in narcissistic abuse my parents have been told many times that uh, you know I had a right to medical freedom uh, as well as the fact that these were not their children they couldn't vicariously live their days that they didn't get with Adam or raising children because my father was on the road that you know these were not their children and and that they they didn't have right to do this um They also have no grandparents' rights in Florida. There are no grandparents' rights. Um, So that voids that out for them, as well as guardianship. I think the main bulk here, Nicholas, is that they are going for a guardianship, uh, which by the way that they are doing this would be guardianship fraud. And to very much hurt and break me, uh, into a guard uh, conservatorship, excuse me. Uh, so there's financial intentions here. There is abusive intentions. I mean, I was to a point where they weren't unable to any longer, uh, you know, abuse us. They weren't able to abuse us any longer. And so they got the system to to do it. This is projection and unfortunately abuse and, and for money. Absolutely. Using children, exploiting children.
0: Megan, why don't you, um, as Christy's going through these photographs and, and presentation, why don't you talk us through the photos um, and, and, of course, fill us in with a, you know, presentation?
1: Uh, Yeah, I will to the best of my ability. Thank you, Nicholas. Um, You know, the current slide that's up is obviously the former President Bush with my father and mother on the left of the screen, uh, which he ties back to Henry Lee Lucas in Texas and then to Otis Toole, who was the quote unquote proclaimed murderer uh, of my brother after his death. Um, so then next to that photo is uh, my father with Anthony Bourdain and uh, what's his name? It's leaving me right now from CNN. Uh, the guy Brian on the other filter. side.
0: There Brian you go. Yeah.
1: yeah. And uh, so that, that's my father out in the scene and how they do their events and with Anthony, the late Anthony Bourdain. Uh, which you know, and this would have been Megan.
2: Uh, this would have been at the CNN building, probably. That's a Turner Broadcasting building in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, this is the Turner Upfront 2016 uh, reception, and at the CNN Center. Uh, I'm going to go backwards a little bit, um, just to kind of give an idea too, um, that John Walsh is connected to pretty much every president we've had um, for you know the last. 30 years, and really ever since Megan's been born. That's the whole purpose of this, Nick, to be honest with you, is uh, to show, you know, what presidents he's connected with. He's even connected with um, Hunter Biden, the current president's son. Uh, this is Megan with um, former First Lady Nancy Reagan um, somewhere in a very odd photo, if you ask me. Um, it looks like maybe she went on a carpet with um, three people kind of standing behind them with cinder blocks as the wall finish, um, which is quite odd, in my opinion. Um,
1: it's also, that was also Sally Struthers as well, who has a uh, um, a story of her own within the movement. So that was Sally Struthers. And that actually I have another photograph of myself in the same dress from that day earlier upstairs in the White House.
2: Yeah, and um, this is, you know, I mean, this is really how Megan grew up. I mean, you know, but that's not what's really important. Um, what's really important is Nicholas. I don't know if I have properly made it so that you can. Um, can you hear the audio of this video, guys? When it yes. started. To okay. Yes, we is, heard it just now. This yeah. is very very important. Um, the The county where Megan's. Um, Try, children were taken is called Indian River County, and this is a campaign video where John Walsh, Megan's father, is campaigning for Eric Flowers for sheriff. Um, he campaigned for him, and I'm just going to let everybody hear it in their own words.
0: <laughs>
2: this <is our> <laughs>
0: I'm John Walsh. You may know me for the
2: 25 years that I produced and hosted America's Most Wanted. I chase fugitives all over the world and work with every kind of cop. Interpol, Scotland Yard, FBI, marshals, you name it. I think I know a good cop when I see one this guy's a good cop trained at the fbi headquarters in virginia trained at the national center for missing and exploited children on how to keep kids safe online he knows this county he loves this county and i'm voting for eric flowers vote for me august 18th 2020. Uh, so um began um well well i'm showing these slides so that the public can see i mean these are just you know these are this is directly from Sheriff Eric Flower's Facebook page or Twitter feed. Actually, this is from his Twitter feed. Um, you know, and the left one is a meme that someone had put up regarding you know him being a puppet and the puppet master. Whether he is or not, we don't really know. But what we do know is that Megan has openly even spoken out. Megan, can you tell about your speaking out for with your children? for other families um, that before you even started having issues with CPS yourself.
1: Yeah, thank you, Christy. Um, I also wanted to mention that that uh, that campaign spot was also filmed on our our ranch, our family ranch as well. Um, And you see them in the uh, old boys uh, prison, I guess, or home there that they were doing the filming where he's having his nose powdered and things. yeah there there you see that and I'm sorry Christy what did you say from there I'm
2: sorry honey no just saying can you give a background um for your standing out for CPS um for other victims before you even came up became a victim yourself um, about other families that were having issues in the same county or with CPS in general
1: yeah thank you um I Yes, I I was. I was an advocate. Nicholas is aware of that as well. And many are aware of the fact that I was an advocate fighting against corruption within CPS uh, and the family court system. Uh, I had held bridge walks and protests. My children had been there. Um, I've Court watched. I've been a national court watcher um, in other states now that we have Zoom to be able to watch uh, other hearings and other families going through this, to be able to write affidavits and things after that if there was an issue, which is something that I highly uh, suggest to everyone that wants to get involved and, and try to uh, put more eyes and ears on this, on this system and CPS. You can get your judge's local link and and court watch. But I was a court watcher. I was speaking out. Um, I was, you know, between different organizations and and getting involved prior to uh, this happening, as well as within my community. I was very much doing that.
2: So, um. Yeah, so that you were before you even do it, I'm not going to play this video because it's a little lengthy, um, but I will pu- I will publish it, Nicholas, so that if you want to share it on your your stream, just so people can hear, you know, the oris- original narrative of what happened to Adam that a lot of people disagree with to this day, um, and about you know how how much funding you know the organizations have got. We won't go into all of that. John,
1: Christy, they also discussed in that video with Obama, they also discussed my father's relationship with current President Biden as well for the viewers.
2: Yes. So we'll we'll, I'm not going to play that because it's about a four minute clip. I don't want to waste everyone's time if they're not interested in hearing it. But I assume, Nicholas, you'll be able to sell you'll be able to share it on your telegram, I hope. Yes. Um, I'll provide Absolutely. you the link and everything, okay? And again, about gun control, you know, it this is a little more than about I, Megan speaking up, and because I want to make sure that we get into the allegations that um, there are a lot of children that happen to go missing in Indian River County. Um, it's, it's almost awkward um, that it's even found on social media where there was an 18 month old that was found dead in Indian River County, and for those people who don't know. It's often a situation where, you know, when a body is found in a particular county, the sheriff of that county in the United States has precedence over the investigation. So I think that's really important for people to know and understand where we're at um, and why Megan is so concerned about her children and who they're really with right now. So Megan, I'll just... You know, like you go in, I mean, this was a this was a Globe issue where um, John was, you know, busted for his sh- shameless cheating and sexual sex marathons days after he's on television talking about how great his wife is and their son. You know, obviously none of this was mentioned Um in that, um, this was an April, I believe it's April 2001, yeah, 2001, 17th Globe issue. Um, and, you know, just just the amount of discrepancy that people have with the Adam case. Um, Megan, can you talk up a little bit about the, do your parents' divorce, like even, you know, the situation with the sex sexcapades um, and the divorce situation?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, one day we were kept home from school and told, you know, taken outside one at a time and told, you know, by my father that there was going to be a cover put out and that he had cheated on my mother, um, and all this, which I actually, I was 15 years old and I already had a feeling that that was going on. Our kids know more than we think they do and they do grow up. (laughs) Um, But yes, they went through divorce proceedings from there. It was very messy. Um, Again, I grew up with bodyguards and aliases and telling people I lived in different places than where I did um, and things like that. So then it went into cheating and alcoholism, sex addiction. Um, People have also said, oh, that's a Globe cover. Well, I lived it. Um, He's also on Larry King on my 21st birthday uh, live saying that he was an addict and a sex addict and he apologized to my family and my mother. Um, and then from there, he went to Passages Malibu uh, rehab, and um, for I guess a week or so for an outpatient program. Never again really getting help or or therapy or treatment. Um, I have not seen him have a drink in 20 years, but um, he is showing signs of senility and and different issues, unfortunately. But yes, they had a, a very ugly divorce proceeding for 10 years uh, with restraining orders involved and and very ugly um, things going on in it. And suddenly one day they had reconciled and and they were back together and and they've lived separately in the same house since then.
2: And and just so everyone knows, when you're married um, in the United States, you do not have to testify against each other. Um, That's not saying that there was a reason. Um, you know, those are, that's just fact. That's, that is, you know, part of what happens. Um, but I think what's really important is for everyone to understand what is really against, um, Megan right now, the allegations actually against her. Um, you know, uh, Megan, can you talk a little bit about the first father, um, um, your oldest child's father?
1: Uh, Yeah, my oldest daughter uh, turned nine. Uh, She was eight when this first started. And um, her father was someone locally that I had known his family growing up. Um, And I was actually, my mother had gone on a tyrant years ago, and I needed a place to stay for a little bit. And his sister told me he was, you know, his home was in foreclosure. I'm sure you could stay there in the extra room and no big deal. Um, he had been married for 12 years and, uh, his wife, his ex-wife, he'd gotten divorced and, uh, his, he had two daughters. His ex-wife was actually from what he told me was taking money to be a surrogate, uh, for other people. Um, and so I asked him if he would be interested, I was doing fashion and traveling and, um, you know, moving back from India and things like that. At the time, that was my lifestyle. And uh, I asked him if he would be interested in, in helping me have a child where he, you know, would be involved later in her life. Um, and he agreed to that. And, and we were successful in getting pregnant. I moved out right after that. He, We have been in the same town blocks away from each other for nine years. Uh, he sees my cousin through their work, uh, at least once a year and has, you know, gone up to her, said, you know, how is my, how's Ava? I think about her. Do you think I should contact Megan's parents? Things like that, where she said, you know, why don't you contact Megan? Uh, which leads me to this point. He had nine years to just call me and say, You know, I know that we had started this under a certain premise, but I think about my daughter and I want to get to know my daughter. Is there any way that we could, you know, in a healthy, positive way, do that? He could have absolutely done that. And I would have, especially with everything going on with my family, I would have absolutely been open to that. But instead, he's decided when the whole town knows who her father is, has known, just like he has known, they came to court and, you know, thinking this was a big surprise ambush saying that he had no idea that she was even his and that they looked at and that they looked at a picture. My parents looked at a picture and saw her blue eyes and realized that he must be the father. They don't know these people. They don't hang out with these people. They all know. And his mother even wrote me an email right after I got pregnant because she was very upset that her son had, you know, agreed, you know, to to not be in her life until later. And I've honored him. You know, the last I'll say about that is that I have honored him this entire time. No one has asked my daughter. They just say that, you know, he came out of the blue. They they are choking up and crying in court. These this act is incredible. I will tell you that much, everybody. Um, But he, you know, he just showed up and said, you know, I I didn't I didn't have any idea. And now I want custody. And uh, I want you to get a life insurance policy and put my name on it.
2: Wow. So just to be clear, after nine years,
1: Nine. Also, nine years of no issues or reports or rumors or anything of any issues with my children. And I, you know, again, ironically, I'm not a saint, but the exact opposite with us being in the community and in church and and helping families. That's what I do.
0: Interesting. So should we move forward to the next slide? Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, I want to make sure that people read this slide, Nicholas, mm-hmm. because there's some words we can't say. So if everybody can kind of zoom in to read the um, number, uh, number 12 uh, and 12, 13 and 14, um, because it basically involves the med freedom. Um, let's just say um, that you know, every parent should have the right to make. Um And then, you know, the next one is that, Megan, you have deadbolts on your doors. (laughs) You don't want the public to view your children. Uh, These are are allegations, everyone. I mean, I just encourage you to really read these allegations, because when I first read them, I was absolutely heartbroken. I felt like I was reading something that wasn't even real, that someone had made up. Um, You keep your doors locked in your room all day to smoke marijuana. Um, as far as I've known you, Megan, which has not been a long, long time, you've managed to show up for everything, um, and, you know, be, you know, what I would presume would be a good mother, um, for no apparent reason, you've, uh, refused to seek employment. Is that the truth?
1: No, I was developing a family farm and I was in school and I was a full-time mother. So, and out in the community, so I don't know how I'd lock myself away all day.
2: So um and then you are and then they say that you had a tendency to hoard things. Thank God that these are all allegations for taking away children. Yeah, and we provided whole we provided photos
1: of the home. I was on social media every day with my children and my home in the background. We were in a pandemic, so it was my home. And uh, yeah, I mean, the irony I had whole Montessori shelves for my children, emotional charts in the hallways, a learning room for my daughter. So, you've never
2: been thriving more. For, for no reason, you're accused um, that, that the only food the minor child is provided is by the maternal grandparents. When the respondent is angry at the maternal grandparents, she allows the food to rot.
1: Do we believe that? I would take my children every Saturday to the farmer's market for fresh produce. We also had a nanny that was a chef and would cook. So I don't know how that's possible. And uh, she only worked during the week for the beginning meals like anyone else's nanny would while I was in school and working. So... Um, I'm not sure. I love to cook, and we would even bake bread for the community. I I don't know. I don't, you know, it's like they took small things that they didn't like um, and agree with, and that had been issues between us um, in the differences in raising children, and they demonized it to the furthest extent. I I don't know what else to say, honestly.
2: So so basically, um, they're also trying to say, Megan, that you're, that you are basically not you're suffering severely from untreated mental health problems yes well my father also
1: testifies your honor uh we have tried since she was little we've paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to get a diagnosis and we've still been unable to
2: okay and so. then and then <laughs> this is the real tell um for for me when i was reading through megan's um documents. You know, first they they come after her for um, the older child and, and, you know, based on that parent who hadn't seen the child in nine years. Then the next thing is the petition for the sale of Megan's home, um, which uh, is basically saying the reason that your father petitioned to sell the home is because what he was 50 percent owner. Is that right?
1: Yeah, and I just want to say one last thing on Nicholas, you know, before we move on. I, I really don't understand how a person can actually sign under oath uh, these affidavits and start this lawsuit when you've never, you have no knowledge of the family, of the situation of me and my children whatsoever. I mean, even in the past nine years, never mind ever. So I just wanted to point that out. We all think mm-hmm. that's very. Very interesting, to say the least. So I'm sorry, Christy, go ahead.
2: No, 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 go Yeah, I I mean, please feel free to interject at any time because, I mean, I I just think, I just want to make sure that the public is really very well aware of what they're alleging against you and really what happened and in the order of things that are happening because I feel until now that has not really been very clear um, as Mm -hmm. to how everything has happened. Um, So basically your father um, refused it has had petition for the sale of your home that you had with your children um, because you repeatedly refused to maintain a stable and healthy lifestyle for yourself and your children. Um, so as a result, he seeks the partition, which means would have meant his half of the property. Um, the property is not susceptible to physical division, and it is the best interest that the properties be sold at a public or private sale. So basically he sold your home out from underneath you because mm-hmm. I imagine that he knew that you did not have the way or means to buy your
1: 50% out. Correct. And also requested in the court documents itself in quotes that my half be held in escrow until after the dc dcf case is over so that i would remain indigent and homeless and not so, be able on my yeah. feet
2: yeah because dcf will not allow you to have your children back unless you can provide them a home yeah. and then there's the financial aspect that if they're going to hold your funds in escrow can you can you confirm has this house sold Oh yes
1: they sold the every judgment my I did have an attorney at the time and he could not believe this case he was so annoyed with it he recused himself from it he said their lawyer is an ab Absolute sham! Uh, he's acting like a concierge lawyer and they sold it out from under me in two seconds. They had this magistrate or real estate, you know, mediators that just harassed me. They had me, they did emergency orders that were automatically granted and heard. Um, and, and they even had me have to move out like a weekend before I was even supposed to, um, and, and asked and tried to require my lawyer to drive from across the state to be there for the movers. Um, I mean, it was very bizarre, They accused me of renting the home out and named a woman uh, saying that she was renting the home from me and living there, which it was a friend of mine that came to visit and help with some of the stuff. And obviously they had to run her plates or something um, illegally to find out who she was. But these accusations that were just out of the blue to hurry up and, and get the house sold and me be forced out of it with no place to go.
2: So and then obviously your father had already or someone had paid the your respondent, which is they had already paid the taxes and insurance on it. They requested that they be reimbursed from your share, which you still have not gotten to date. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, that is correct they're trying to drain all of my side as well with any expense that they can come up with. I mean, all my parents, this is narcissistic abuse and these allegations are projection of everything that I experienced growing up that they have done in one way or another uh, for the most part. So um, unfortunately this is what's going on and, and they've taken all of that and done it in this manner.
2: So I'm not gonna play the video, Nick. This is the one that you had mentioned.
0: Are you sure you don't want to play it for the viewers? Or um, yeah, if you, I mean it depends on what you want. I mean, I, I. You could play a few minutes. I mean, you can play okay. it in like six seconds of it. Fast forward that. I'm going to fast forward.
1: Yeah, I'm going
0: to fast
2: forward.
0: Just so we can get an idea.
2: To show that you here's the baby. Okay. Jesus. can come up with this stuff. This is Jesus. Here's a, here's a I mean, this this order. My name is trying to explain to you. I understand your frustration. I understand your hurt. No, I. My child, I'm protecting my child, and he. I have the documentation. I understand that there's an order, but if I have the documentation and I was never notified by my lawyer this morning,
1: nothing. And she should have contacted me and asked me for the documentation. I have
2: it, so that should null What is your lawyer, Jennifer Hickson? Yeah, I tried to text her. Yeah,
1: I tried to text her, and I want to do this right, sir. So I'm not trying. To-
2: I you know you do the work, but here's the problem. I mean, it's again at some point. Her- I was just told you Yes. To you this morning that. And did not notify me before and did not get any of my evidence. Yeah, you right
1: now. Um, it's in the back. I can get it. Yeah, thank you. Yep, yeah, I can show you my text messaging, her everything, sir. I'm not lying here. No, I, I'm not saying you are, man, at all.
2: I'm a very good person. and I'm an amazing mother. I'm going to stop it here because I don't think Megan's going to be able to get through the rest that, of the interview. Yeah, I'm really sorry, but everybody can go on and watch it. Every time we bring up something like this, it's very heartbreaking for Megan. And it's, it's just really, really bad. So, you know, basically five day old baby Esther, I mean, it even breaks so hard. I'm sorry, but it does. Um, so Basically, uh baby Esther was was taken at that very moment without so much as a CPS um, home study even done. Um, despite the claims that they've made here, um, they're saying that they were al- uh, on 622. They were alerted their department that she had given birth. The mother did not tell her case manager that the child had been born. Rather, the mother was absent from medical. Mediation, claiming to be sick. Megan, is that true? It's not true. We have the dates to even prove
1: it. Um, they also said that I had a home birth to hide my baby from them. Um, they had known for months that I was pregnant. The judge yelled at me in court and threatened to jail me if I didn't tell him whether I was pregnant or not in front of 35 national court watchers. Um, they sent CPS, uh, my father's attorney and this, fa- this my daughter's father's attorney. It's the same attorney. That's not a conflict of interest. Um, they called DCF and told them that I was pregnant and that i had had the baby months ago. And DCF came through our neighborhood, like the Gestapo, knocking on every neighbor's door asking if they had seen a pregnant woman and looking for me when they knew where I was staying. The police helicopters had been all over the house. Um, the night before that, um, before that removal that we just saw of my, of my baby daughter, um, Sorry, I can't even like talk about it, but um, they actually were out the entire night before uh, the sheriff's department uh, shining the high beams on the house the entire night, switching cars in and out, you know, so the dog would bark and, um, you know, they they have put us in in terror and, and in retaliation. Um, also, after that day and the removal, they arrested uh, the two supporters that I had. The woman's home that I was living in, where we had done the home study for the children to be able to come home. The case was almost done. Um, I had almost completed the case plan, like I've been doing all along, while still speaking out and and being and showing up for my children and going under this harassment and these threats. Um, With my children being dangled in front of me and weaponized you know if I don't go along they they kept them out there the entire night and uh they arrested the people excuse me they arrested the two that had supported me that we see on the the longer version of that video and charged them with felonies um for uh you know getting involved in the removal of the baby which they did not hinder the removal whatsoever so we see the retaliation and just you know breaking down the support system and things like that so it's it's been
2: devastating so Megan can you confirm that the there your three older children are with your parents and where is um where is baby Esther Grace right now Uh, My children were taken
1: to the Finger Lakes uh, with my parents. Uh, DCF said that there would be no difference and they took them up there while they try to adopt them Uh, in two weeks. My children beg to come home every visit that we have. Um, My daughter, you know, has made very terrifying. Works, you know, have to keep up. You know, oh, I, I'm, I'm act- I misbehave because I'm hoping if I'm bad enough that they'll send me home. Um, or I wish I could do things to Grandma and Grandpa so that I can just come home. Um, you know, things like that. So
2: it's just been a really
1: hard thing with that. But then on top of it, they knew I was pregnant. They knew I was having a baby, and uh, they instead decided to tell DCF that they did not want the baby. They were too busy on vacation or couldn't take a baby who actually needs the most care. Um, And uh, my daughter's in foster care in a foster home right now where my father himself quotes that the majority of child trafficking comes from. So that's where we're at. We're we're terrified. My children have reported physical abuse from my parents and CPS has done nothing about it. They, everything is right in front of their face and they
2: still continue on this and, and the share. Nick, don't you wonder if it where um, have any of the, have any of the fathers seen the children, any of the children since they've been taken from the home?
1: Yeah. Um, I did want to make one point as to the the sheriff and and my current judge also was with the sheriff's department for I believe fourteen to sixteen years um, before being a, a judge. Um, and I'm sorry, what was that, Christy? I, I just want to make sure I didn't
2: the, forget. I mom. just wanted to know: Do have any of the fathers um, seen the children at all? Or how they how are they visiting the children? If if the children have been taken out of the state of Florida. Right.
1: This is obviously for other reasons than concern for the children. It's pretty evident from my parents and from this father and from CPS and DCF and the sheriff, unfortunately. Um, Ava's father has gone along with it and he, you know, they introduced her to her father without me there, without her mother, without support through a system. They they allowed him and that's what he chose to do. He chose that this is the way that he's going to come into his daughter's life and write this story for her for the rest of her life. Um, and he is now taking her for overnights and and, uh, but he's still allowing my parents to adopt her until they build a better relationship. I mean, it is his daughters are now you know going off to college, so now he gets another you know little girl that he claims he didn't even know about. It's it's very terrifying. His family or they have a reputation, and that's all I'm going to say. I'm. It's very concerning.
0: So, so, so Megan, you're saying that the father is is, is part of it, is part of the corruption.
2: He absolutely is. Yeah, because if he hasn't seen his child, Nick, in nine years, and then suddenly CPS is letting this little girl go and spend the night with the father, and they won't even let her own mother have her, you know, not even one night per month to spend the night. Currently, you are having to do Zoom meetings with her. Is that correct? No. Yeah, before they adopt him in two
0: weeks. Megan, did you uh do you have did you say you have any contact with the father?
1: No, I, I reached out to him when I first got served. I, I wanted to just talk and and uh and say, you know, you really don't understand what's been going on with my family and we need to come together to protect our child if you want to get involved. Um he didn't respond to anything. He hasn't answered. He's participated in slandering me and making up scenarios for DCF so that you know
0: they sure. can use against me. Megan, um, are you covering the microphone? Because your your sound seems to be off a little bit. Christy, are you getting that? Are you getting the same?
2: Yes, I am. I'm having a hard time hearing her. All Sorry, about it. is that is that better? A little better. Yes.
1: Yes. Is that a little better? Okay. So I didn't touch anything, but. <laughs> George sure, just Is that
0: better that, that's much better, yeah okay, sorry guys. no worries that- christy hey, i'll let you I'll let you uh, go forward because I know you know the case quite well and you know exactly how to pinpoint what the public needs to know for Megan.
2: Thank you, Nick. I really appreciate that um I, although I've just you know come to really learn everything myself um you know through reading things um when Hollis was obtained, um, as her counsel, you know, um, so, so Megan, a couple of things, um, you know, that I want to, uh, that I want to make sure that get addressed are your nose, um, because that's been cited this, you know, the next sighting alleging that you yourself are taking Rick Simpson oil rather than evidence-based medicine. Um, when I did a little research on the Rick Simpson's oil, I could find plenty of studies where, it actually worked um, for the type of cancer that you have on your nose, um, because that's quite a myth um, going on online. Um, and that was one of the first questions I even had for you. So I understand why the public would have a question. It's a fair question, right? Yes, absolutely. And
1: I actually love when people ask me because then I can educate them about options that they might need in the future. Um, I do have basal cell carcinoma on my nose. Uh, I did go have biopsies. I went to do everything that I needed to. I even went to specialists down south um, and to Miami and in between. Um, They wanted to put my forehead on my nose and do all sorts of different wild things. Um, And I was blessed to find out that there was this option to try Rick Simpson oil, which has been around. For a while, um, you actually, I have it through a prescription. This is a medical context, which they are also taking out of and putting into a substance abuse context. Um, I've tested, drug tested twice a week for over a year. I did substance evaluations with no, um, you know, no recommendations from that, no issues found. Um, I know that's been a thing too. But uh, Rick Simpson oil is, a, is an option with studies, extensive research, and, um, and results in treating basal cell carcinoma, as well as other types of cancers that they are thoroughly researching for the American public. And it's an amazing option over chemicals. And And uh, traditional Western ways of Mohs surgery, and and all of the options that I've extensively uh, researched, and and uh, even down to radiation, which my father did have on his face when he got um, cancer in the same place a year later. Um, Again, my father and I have very different beliefs and approaches to to life. As I found, and uh, this happens to be one of them. But I hope people will go and and look into Rick Simpson oil because it's an amazing option. So, I've you, rebuilt my nose. So, <laughs> Go absolutely, ahead. Sorry,
0: yeah. no. <laughs> no, no, I was going to say so, you know, all of this writing that we're watching, you know, the, the allegations against you, would you Is it, is it reasonable to assume that your dad, John Walsh, um, had a big role to play in writing this out?
1: <laughs> that this this would be like a Hollywood script for lack of a better, you know, exam, you know term right now. I literally read it, Nicholas, and mm-hmm. Had to. I mean, it was a good thing I had to wear a mask in in the trial because I cannot believe that this is what people, I mean, to me, this shows mental illness. If people can come up with these things, twist this and do this to children, first and foremost, forget about me, that can do this to children and are absolutely not taking into account their perspective and what this is doing to them, especially because they know the truth. My daughters tried to speak up, um, you know, again, they begged to come home every single time and they know the truth and they're just waiting for everyone. We're all waiting for everyone else to come together and realize and stand up. Well, I'm going to say the
2: next line kind of says it all to me, Nicholas, because it's actually a great question of who is involved, because the, keep in mind, this is a legal document that we're reading um, for the court of law. And the next line kind of says it all. The mother continues to pepper social media with conspiracy theories surrounding the death of her brother and trafficking of her children. Okay, the word pepper, I made everybody just think about that one for a second, because I almost laughed out loud when I, when I read that, like I thought the word pepper, they're peppering, in other words, she's sprinkling around like pepper, you know, this is in a, this is in A court document that does just doesn't sound like something that normally would be in a court document, in my opinion. Um, I'm no attorney. Hollis may be able to weigh in on that, Um, but you know, it's it's really about that. And by the way, there's been for ever since Adam's death, there have been hundreds of people to question the investigation of uh, Megan's brother's death. So I would think living in the shadows of a kidnapping and a murder. When someone else has your children, um, I would say that you would definitely start looking into things more yourself and trying to figure out why this has happened to you, or at least I would be
1: And Christy, you know, that was another thing is that I had been looking into it prior to any of this happening, and that was another thing that really twisted the wrench, I guess, if you will. I thought that they would be proud. You know, I thought that these are my parents. They grieve about my brother. I'm finally, you know, 36, 37 years old. And, you know, I'm going to I'm interested. I love my brother. I've, I've, you know, honored my brother my entire life. Our whole life has been, you know, has surrounded, you know, my brother and my parents work and and everything. That's what we had to live for and show up for and even have emotions or not for. So, um, you know, I thought that they would really be proud of me. And I started asking them in a way like, did you know that this, you know, was in this or who was doing this at the time and things. And that's when a lot of trouble started to happen as well. And again, as Christy said, the point here is that my brother's case has been controversial for 40 years and by many people, even law enforcement that made reports in the very own case. So, you know, this is, that that's the fact of the matter here.
2: And conveniently, most of the files are missing too, Nicholas. I'm going to yeah. add that too, you know. So that makes it even more controversial. If, if there's nothing, if there's nothing to see, why are the files missing?
0: I, I just can't get my head around how John Walsh, your father, Megan, has no love or sympathy for you or your children or for his family. I just can't get my head around that. I can't either. He has not responded to me. This man
1: grabs his chest in court and says we love our daughter. Um, He just ranted last week about how we just want her in therapy and we want her on medication and we'll give her her kids back, which I think is very indicative of a barter or a deal or, you know, nefarious uh, you know, not to what this is supposed to be. Um, and and it's it's horrific. I, I don't understand if you really think that I was mentally ill. Okay, guys, where's the headline that John Walsh had to save his, you know, grandchildren from his crazy daughter? And if you really think that I'm crazy and you love me so much, you don't take someone's children from them and their home and their entire life and retaliate and give them the silent treatment, which is abuse. They told CPS that this was tough love. That's, that's abuse. That's not tough love. And CPS still, you know, the John Walsh show. So the sheriff and my father have a very cult following in our county. I don't, you know, people that aren't from there aren't aware of that either.
0: Christy, you want to go ahead?
2: Yes. Yes. Yes, I just wanted to make sure you didn't have any questions, Nicholas. So basically, Megan, they're saying that the present danger of the children, um, uh, this is occurring in several different ways, that the vulnerable infant is unable to protect herself. Did they find any neglect um, with baby Esther when they came in? Because they didn't, the video that I watched um, and the one that Nicholas mentioned posting that we showed the clip of, I didn't see where they actually said, this is why we're taking your daughter. No, they had a false
1: report, which is supposed to be a third degree felony up to five years saying that I had had the baby and I had not taken it to the doctor. I took the baby to the doctor the day before this happened. Um, I had had the baby four days prior to taking her to the doctor. Um, And again, I had a home birth because that's how I have my children. I have had two others. Uh, Two of my boys were born at home. So that's over six years of having babies at home. Um, and also then they changed it to, uh, no, it wasn't, well, we're taking her anyways, because we already have the other three. So that's ultimately in the case and trial, what they're sticking with is that they took her because they already had the other three. Well, then all of that was not necessary. And that trauma was not necessary. You knew for months, uh, that I was pregnant and you could have come to me and said this is what happens when the baby da 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 and made that a peaceful process they were also supposed to come the day before two days before to do a home study to complete the case and they never showed up and then all of a sudden they show up at you know for for all of this and and you know charge my supporters and create this whole scene. They had every first responder in town, helicopter, everything. And again, the night before, completely harassing us with the headlights and... uh, we also got the body cam footage from outside from Officer Dilks, who has been a common name in all this. He's best friends with Eric Flowers, who is my dad's buddy. Again, we saw that earlier with endorsing. Um, and they also used my father to get third party monitoring on all the traffic uh, cameras and ask the commission for more funding, even though our small town The police department gets, uh, I believe it's over $52 million budget a year. Um, But Dilks is uh, Michael Dilks, and he's actually known nationally for being a racist cop on TikTok, a TikTok star for being a racist cop. And he and Flowers are best friends. And we have the body cam footage of him going around the outside. You saw him on the video actually there when she goes to the outside cameras and he's pacing back and forth. He's very jacked up. Um, he's the one that did the April fool's pullover with no marked with unmarked cars. He was in his street clothes with other deputies and the server to just give me a summons. Um, and then was in my church after that. And, and now he showed up to this scene with Esther. Um, and his footage shows him even going out to his car, all jacked up and getting a battering ram out to take a five day. Well, it- baby.
2: That was really fast. So you're saying that this same, this same group of law enforcement pulled you over and unmarked cars with your children?
1: Yes, that's how they started all this on April Fool's Day. They pulled me over outside of town by the farm where there aren't people really. And uh, they had a, a work truck. I thought it was a workman because that's what is out there by the farm. A lot of work trucks in Florida with lights and different things. I pulled over, but I didn't stop all the way because I had my children with me and I wanted to be safe. So I pulled over. I looked behind me. It was a, a dark, unmarked truck. And there were. I noticed lights finally on the interior and uh, came to a full stop. The police officer comes up just in a sheriff vest and street clothes and says, this is a traffic stop. uh, And then tells me that I need to get out of the car where then I started filming and, uh, and Dilks walks up. Cause I said, why do I need to get out of the car? Your honor? Or I mean, sir, my, my children are in the car with me, you know, please what's going on here. And, um, and so then I got out of the car and was filming and that's where they served me. And all of them were in street clothes. I believe there were th- th- four, or three or four, maybe even, I don't even know the number of cars that were behind that truck that were unmarked as well out in the middle of nowhere with my children in the car. Uh, to serve me. And then, you know, two weeks later or so they come by to serve something else. And they come just to my house. It's an older service guy, one deputy, I told him what had happened or asked if he knew and he was appalled. He had no idea about it and said he's the only one in the town that serves uh that goes around and does the summons and services. So um that's that's what that was about.
2: So that is very unusual for CPS in any way to serve you or petition you for a court proceeding by an unmarked car, right? So they'd never tried- family court. It was for family court.
1: Um, so it wasn't CPS yet. It was family court. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's extensive. I don't know how much that package is to do that, but no, I don't know. It, it's not normal. They could have just come to the house and given me the paperwork.
0: So what, what, what would happen if you had said, you know, I don't know who you're talking about. I don't know who Megan Walsh is.
1: I mean they all say on the video oh, They don't know who I am so You I could know.
0: say you're a lookalike I don't I know. I know it sounds silly, but they have to...
1: I've never, I've never, I've never been in trouble with. I supported law enforcement my entire life. I love my parents. You know, this is unfortunately things that happen when people are not mentally well, and there is abuse and narcissistic abuse. It's gotten way played out as a term in our society, so that people chalk it off and oh, he's a narcissist, or oh, that this and that. But there are real. Uh, issues and and circumstances that people have to live through and also our family court system and cps enables narcissistic abuse extensively very sadly and the children are, are put through that so i i hear you
0: <sighs> i see christy so yes,
2: yeah, they sure. go on to they basically go on to say that they clearly observed in home and present danger uh, a safety plan was not feasible with the current family conditions. They claim that they, elim- they eliminate the need to remove any minor children from the home in accordance co- with Florida Statute 3940210, which provides reasonable efforts of the department, whereas follows. And um, Megan, did they do any studies or provide you anything showing where there was present danger in the home and give you? a time to rectify that.
1: No, they knocked that morning. I was advised by counsel, which is the one thing that I would have done differently. I understand that in this, I am again, not perfect. And this was terrifying. I had no idea that any of this was happening and I didn't answer the door that morning. I thought they would leave a card. I would call. I was with my children in the back as even the records when they took the children uh, state that they were bathed and fed and healthy and no signs of abuse. Um, And then automatically I was called For a hearing. They never came in the home. They falsified one of the detectives on the report, said that a home study was done because he smelled cat pee coming from the garage while he was standing in the driveway in Florida uh, in April. So, Go figure. Um, And yeah, there was. And the main thing here is that there was no 39303 investigation required by law, 60 day investigation um, whatsoever. I was never able to this day to present, uh, you know, evidence and, and anything against each of the allegations, which I could and even through a trial.
2: Yeah, and and I I don't want to waste everybody's time. Everybody should just read this. The parent or legal god is not willing to do an in-home safety plan. That's not true, right, Megan? No, not at all.
1: And even on the video with Esther, you hear me saying that I'm more than happy to work with them. I've done everything on the case plan that I could or that was legitimate.
2: The home environment is not calm or consistent enough for an in-home safety plan to be implemented safety services are not available as a sufficient level to the degree necessary in order to manage which impeding dangers infesting in the home. Uh, Megan, have you received a, um, anything where Esther Grace is currently located, um, where she is? Have you received their home safety plan? Uh, I no,
1: know. I no, I haven't. I was promised that I would receive pictures and I would get a call that night. Um, I received. I did not, of course, get any of that. You don't hear from CPS at all once they have the baby in their hands. Um, I have not received any reports. She was also supposed to go for weekly weigh-ins at her doctor, so that I could have my doctor see her eyes and ears, and for the safety of my child. Um, and they have not done one of those at all and even the foster mother is very upset with what's going on and uh, due to the fact that she has received nothing they have not even given her formula or diapers I am bringing everything for the for my baby um, which they get funding to do and they have not called her to check on Esther they have they've done nothing.
2: Sibling placement. They say that a home is not available to place the siblings together. The department has made, uh, following reasonable efforts to keep the children together, the caregivers of the siblings was asked about placement of the infant and declined. So that would be your parents.
1: That would be John Walsh, the child crusader.
2: Okay. Um, Sibling visitation. Ongoing visitation between siblings is recommended as follows, no less than one time per week upon the sibling's return from summer vacations out of state.
1: Hasn't happened once and they have me lying to my children on every Zoom that, that when they ask almost every, uh, almost the entire time in the beginning, they ask all about Esther, all about the baby. I've asked them many times, how can we do this to make it normal for my children? How can they meet Esther? Can I be there when they, can I be there when my children meet each other? And nothing, nothing has been done. They've changed out the caseworkers and everything just keeps getting more in the air by doing that.
2: So the department and its contracted providers request to authorization to obtain routine medical services for the children as needed to obtain records um, and information so that uh, comprehensive behavioral health assessment may be conducted. Um, and it looks like uh, the children the the children are in need of and the Department of Families request the appointment of guardian and and um, lit program the financial, yeah the, the financial support the Department of Family and children uh, the fa- excuse me the Department of Children and families request that the parents or custodians if able be ordered to pay fees for the care support and maintenance of the children established by the department okay so that means you're going to have to now pay for care for your own children it sounds like I don't know if that's really the case is that right? Did I read that correctly.
1: Welcome to the system. I hope people go and educate themselves on what our system is doing to families and children and how they do it because it's right in front of you being shown through this case. i I don't know what else to say to that, christine. sorry. the
2: The court is requested to order the parents to provide the department or its contracted provider with financial information to access child support within twenty eight days after the entry of the shelter order. So I imagine that's probably how they're going to try to get you next is by paying um, child support for your children. Well,
1: I would, you can bind that in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, because we're not going to speak that into existence and we're going to get my children back with the truth. So um, if this is just going to be like kind of the stuff on the records that, um, you know, these logistical things, then I encourage people, I don't think we should waste time with that. If people want to, if we want to address my allegations or things, I'm not skirting that But if this is, you know, regular system stuff, then I encourage people to look into our system and how this goes because it's textbook.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Because in Florida, the law is quite different, you know, in terms of how things, um, how things are going. And Nicholas, I think that's the, you know, we've gone through the majority of um, the things that we had. Um, So if, if they, um, you know, in
0: terms of
2: what, what will actually happen, um, do
0: you have any other questions? All I can say is that you've done a great presentation, Christy and Megan. Um, it's absolutely terrible with what's gone on. I would like to do another interview where in the future, where Megan is ready to do so, where we can do an update. Um, I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely so absorbed, um, in- in- into this information that you've provided to them. It's so overwhelming. And especially with Megan's parents, on how they have a lack of empathy and love towards their own family, it's, uh, it's just shocking. Um, And all I can say is I'm very sensitive to your pain, Megan. You know, I don't know what else to say. Uh, The only thing we can do is expose this as much as we can. The viewers, if they could share this video and also we'll leave the link below if you could support Megan and donate anything you can to her, that would help her with her case. And obviously with, with anything else that you need help with Megan, is there um, anything else that you'd like to share with the viewers before we finish?
1: You know, gosh, uh, Nicholas, um, you know, I I couldn't do this without the viewers and without people like you, without people like Christy and even Hollis, you know, coming forward. I mean, this is, truly incredible and I'm very thankful for that and you know the other side of that is that unfortunately in this world it does take money to get things done and and in this system it takes money to get your children back um so you know the supporters have really truly kept me going while I speak out and while I fight for my children um and we really appreciate that and we we continue to need funding especially for the legal team now and and to be able to get the experts and and really show the truth of the matter here, and hopefully be able to
0: to help others moving forward. Christy, is there anything that you would like to say?
2: Yeah, I would like to encourage everyone to, even if you can, you know, give a cup of coffee. Um, Megan's give send go, um, or if you have a larger donation, to make it directly to Hollis via the Zell, or send a check to Hollis's office, um, because that way, believe it or not, every three or four percent will matter. Um, but just showing some amount of support, Nicholas. I mean, we can't thank you enough for helping get the word out for the time that you've allowed. I know this is much over what your typical um, shows are like, but I want you to know how grateful we are and for your responsiveness. And we'll, you know, promise to keep your audience posted um, because of how great you are with the breaking news. Because it is quite, you know, it's it's quite a lot, you know, for Megan to have to go through this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people might ask, you know, can she get a job? I mean, you got to think they're sending her to court and, and they're, they're, the schedule is so demanding that I'm trying to help her just by booking um, shows like this in between the schedule that they have offered. If you were to see it, like I don't even think people would believe it. Um, because they want to make sure that they can't support, you know, they can't support her. And the one thing that I want everybody to know is when I asked Megan, hey, if I help you, will you turn around and help others after this is done? I know she's already helped others prior, but, you know, she has a big voice in this. And, you know, there's a lot of people that are regular people like you and I, and Nicholas, I didn't even know you were going to give me the opportunity to speak today. I mean, I had the presentation ready because I want it for anyone out there to be able to utilize the content and the information that we've taken the time to gather because it is quite trying. And um, I want people to understand that if they will just show a little support to Megan's Gifts and Go, number one, that encourages Megan. She's she's managed to live and pay some of the attorney's fees um, by selling things like her cars, her boyfriend has sold his car. I mean, there's, there's so many things that have happened in this in order for it to happen. But people may look at and think, well, you know, attorneys are too expensive. It looks, you know, unpromising, but that's not the truth. It is actually very promising at this point in time. And um, I do believe that we're, we're getting ready to crack on something possibly bigger than we've ever seen before. And considering the amount of vast things that we've seen this past year, I think this could be the break of, of something like larger worldwide that maybe that is what's, you know, that's the reason they're trying to beat Megan down. Um, if you just go and even try to do a search for Megan Walsh, you'll see that they try to push her name down at every point they get. Um, so I do encourage everybody to share your video, Nicholas, and really thank you very much.
0: Thank you. Um, and Hollis, I know you've been quiet. Um, and I know you've been in the background listening. I know, you know, you're, you are the lawyer. Is there anything that you would like to add before we finish?
1: No, not at this time. I think that when you have Megan come back, that would be a more appropriate time for me to, to weigh in.
0: Okay. Excellent. Well, um, thank you so, so much for everyone sharing that with us. Um, It's heartbreaking, uh, but we're going to get, you know, to the other side, you know, as fast as we can. And I would like for everyone to help to donate to Megan and share this video. We need to spread awareness. Think of the children um, and uh, let's get these monsters out of the way and and get ready to create this new earth. Uh, Thank you very much. And God bless you. Bye bye. Thank you. God God bless.